Hi, I'm Tommy Henry, host of the Chicago History Podcast. Welcome to the fifth episode of a short-form series I'm calling Chicago Firsts, where I talk to different people about their first experiences in Chicago. While I have more guests lined up for future installments, I'd also like to hear from you, listener. If you have a good Chicago First story you'd like to share, my contact info is included at the end of this episode and in the show notes. Today's guest, Jacob Slichter, grew up in central Illinois, about 130 miles south of Chicago, where his mother, who had a Ph.D. in history, and his father, an experimental solid-state physicist and professor at the University of Illinois, supported his wide-ranging musical pursuits, which included playing the drums in high school in a funk band called Instant Cool. Cool, of course spelled with a K. After getting a B.A. from Harvard in Afro-American Studies and History, he kicked around for a while in San Francisco, then Minneapolis, where he joined up with fellow musicians Dan Wilson and John Munson to form a trio which eventually became Semisonic, best known for their 1998 single, Closing Time. I asked Jacob about his earliest memories of Chicago. I grew up in Champaign, which is like such a different world from Chicago. Um, Chicago was super big and exciting and I'd go up there to like Frank's drum shop, you know? Um, and, uh, I remember my first time in Frank's drum shop when I was maybe, what was I like 15 years old or something? Uh, someone with a Patty LaBelle tour jacket was in there buying like 50 pairs of sticks and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Frank's Drum Shop started in 1954, was located at 226 South Wabash, and was part of the famed Music Row of music shops in Chicago before closing in 1999. Most of that area has been redeveloped by DePaul University, although the building that housed Frank's Drum Shop is still there and has a restaurant called Exchequer on the ground floor. Back to Jacob. Chicago was, you know, this big super exciting and also adult world like I was like a kid when I was growing up in Champagne, and you couldn't get into any of the clubs or, or I couldn't do any of that stuff when Semisonic came around all those years later at first we were called Pleasure and Dan and John the other two members of my band um, had been in a band called Trip Shakespeare which had played Chicago you know all the time and they had a huge following there so our first show in Chicago was at Lounge Acts. Um, and this would have been in like autumn of 1993, October, November, somewhere in there. Lounge Acts was a music venue on Lincoln Avenue that from the late 80s until their closing in 2000 hosted a who's who of local and touring bands. The band Fish played their first ever Illinois performance at Lounge X on March 30th, 1990, playing one set opening for a world beat band called Bop Harvey out of East Lansing, Michigan. Lounge X was also featured in the John Cusack film High Fidelity, directed by Stephen Frears. Selector details anxieties he felt performing live in his 2004 book, So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star, How I Machine Gunned a Room Full of Record Executives and Other True Tales from a Drummer's Life. That appears to have been the case at the Lounge Act show. We had a pretty good crowd, even though this was our first time there, purely because Dan and John had sort of a built-in fan base all around the Midwest. 
you know, it was fun. Lounge Axe was like one of those clubs that was sort of like long. Uh, it would be like a stage and then there was just like a long, so you could, if you were on stage, it was kind of hard, especially on the drums, it's hard to see past like the first few rows of people. But at the time I was battling a lot of stage fright because I was just suddenly after years of just sort of being a singer songwriter on my own, making tapes and occasionally doing open mic nights for nobody. Suddenly here I was all every night in some new town playing for a bunch of people I never knew. In spite of the stage fright, I wanted to know if it was thrilling playing in Chicago at Lounge Jacks and what else he recalls from that night. Chicago's great reputation as a music town sort of also raised the stakes for me, I think, personally. But the person who uh, one, the person who sort of brought us there was Sue Miller, who was the owner or one of the owners of Lounge Jacks. And... Um, she was very nice to us. I remember after the show, she and her sort of, I think it was like she and her best buddies on the bar staff or maybe the bouncers or maybe her friends who were just there. Like there were like five or six of them way, like right before the club was about to close, uh, everybody was going to walk out. And um, she sang, you know, to Dan, we love you, Dan. Oh, yes, we do, you know. And then she's then they sang it to John. And then they turned to me and there was a pause. And she said, we love you, new guy. And so they, they, they sang, we love you, new guy, to me. And that was kind of my nickname for a while. One of the next times we came back to Lounge Axe, uh, Jeff Tweedy was there, who was an old friend of Dan and John's from, I think Uncle Tupelo was still happening back then and i don't remember my i never i don't i think i I shook jeff's hand um and that's about it but it was sort of much it was sort of like well dan john and jeff are like the guys who have been around and i'll just let them have their conversations jeff tweedy who grew up in belleville illinois formed the band wilco after uncle tupelo broke up and went on to marry sue miller owner of lounge jacks in 1995 we played one show at Shuba's too, somewhere in, uh, we played at Shuba's like in, uh, I would, I would guess 94, maybe 90, 94, 90, or, or maybe early 95, somewhere in there. Eventually we sort of moved over to the double door. And then after a few times at the double door, we were playing the Metro and places like that. One of our earliest shows in Chicago was actually at the Metro, but we were an opener for Catherine Wheel. And that was a super scary show. That was just like, you know, the Metro is this huge stage. It's an awesome club. And, um, but the first time there for me was really scary. Subsequent shows there as semi-sonic when we had our own fans uh, filling up the place was really fun. And then, um, and then eventually the Vic, which was wonderful one of my favorite venues anywhere, I think. And um, because it's one of those places where you can see everybody in the room from the stage. You, you just really, I just, you would feel so connected playing. And then we also, as openers for really big arena acts, played like Rosemont and places like that. The 1998 Rosemont Horizon show included 90s bands Soul Asylum and Matchbox 20. A year later, in 1999, they opened for Sheryl Crow at Airy Crown Theater and in 2001 played Taste of Chicago before going on a hiatus. 
When asked how he feels about Chicago now, always love playing in Chicago and uh, miss it. We haven't been there in a, in a long time, and I'm hoping we'll be back before too long. As a fan of the band, I had heard they were recording again and asked about the status of that. You know, with Semisonic, things are always, you think it's at the finish line, and then there's always like a last minute, like, whatever. But um, because we are like that, we fiddle and tweak, and that's just how we kind of go. But I'm hoping by the end of the year. In addition to being a drummer, keyboard player, singer, composer, and author of the aforementioned book, Slichter is a contributor to the New York Times, a commentator for NPR's Morning Edition, and has been an adjunct professor of creative writing at Sarah Lawrence College since 2013. He has also posted a number of semi-stories about the band on their Instagram page, Semisonic Band. Much thanks to Jacob Slichter for sharing the stories about his Chicago experiences with me. You can hear Jake's musical efforts on all three studio albums from his band Semisonic, available on all streaming services. If you have a Chicago First story you think might be of interest, send me an email at chicagohistorypod at gmail.com. Thanks, as always, to John K. Schneider for the Chicago History Podcast Art. His contact info can also be found in the show notes. As always, like, subscribe, and if you enjoy what you hear, leave a written review about this podcast and tell a friend. It helps us get the word out and reach new history and Chicago fans. Get out and explore when possible. Learn more about whatever city you live in and stay safe. Thanks for listening. 